Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Forrester CXCast. Sam Stern joined in studio by my colleague Jenny Wise. And we are alone this week. We're going to talk about brand and customer experience. In the age of the customer that we entered long ago in 2009 or 10, does brand even matter anymore? Or how do you think about the interplay between brand and customer experience? Yeah, so that's a really interesting question. And this is one that I... I've also thought a lot about since I joined our customer experience team from the marketing team at the start of this year. So the answer is yes, brand does still matter. Um, and <laughs> Your so, former colleagues are so relieved, done. right? Yeah, <laughs> Brand yeah. still matters, marketing still matters, and everything that surrounds it. Uh, but when we think about the interplay between the two, customer experience is what now defines the brand. Mm-hmm. And when you're thinking as a brand about how you are fostering a relationship with your customers, what their customer experience is, and the emphasis that you put on customer experience in that relationship, we do see that different brands are going to play that out differently. And if you are a brand who is selling a product, so for example, if you are a CPG brand and you sell a product, or even if you are Amazon, I love Amazon because I can get any product that I want really, really quickly, but Amazon could kind of be replaced by another brand if they offered me the same service with the same level of efficiency and effectiveness. If you are a brand, however, like Disney, where my interaction with the brand is this completely immersive experience, so I can't differentiate the product and the experience and the service from the brand, then customer experience can mean something different or have a heightened level of importance and impact. I think what you're getting at is that brand being part of the experience is a big piece of moving it beyond just a functional experience, right? Amazon, you were talking about it in terms that were very functional. Anything you want is fast and probably cheap is in there too. Mm -hmm. Uh, It meets needs and it's easy more than it's emotional. And Disney is all emotion. And we can link to this in the show notes. There's a great blog post that our colleague Maxie Schmidt shared with us recently about a customer experience consultant who in Asia had gone to Disney World in Hong Kong with his extended family and how he sort of was evaluating the experience from the point of view of a functional mindset of the hotel wasn't that nice that we stayed at and was on property. There were a lot of lines that we had to wait in. The food stinks at Disney World in in Hong Kong from his perspective. And, you know, Hong Kong's a city with amazing food. So it's a huge letdown if you were going to eat somewhere else. said, but when we left, we had family pictures with some of the characters. We had incredible memories of things that had happened. We had an experience that was a family reunion experience that we were going to associate with Disney for the rest of our lives. And that's the power of sort of a branded experience that can make a memorable moment in a few key moments. And consumers, customers, this family can attach their positive associations with that memory forever. And that's where a really good branded experience that's maybe meeting those deeper needs of bringing a family together for a reason, in this case, is really powerful. He was talking about how it was a classic example of the peak end rule, where a lot of the experience was blah, but they nailed a few peak moments. And I would argue, to your point about brand, that the brand piece, the upfront expectations set by the brand of Disney can heighten those peaks because you were sort of anticipating that some of the interactions with the characters or that the awe that it would inspire in the younger members of this extended family would just be priceless, would be such peak moments that it would really overwhelm a lot of those sort of meh 
portions of the experience. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious then to hear if this is a take that you sort of just brought to this brand story. Yeah. So I was touching a little bit on the fact that there's a product that you can separate from the brand. Yeah. You just touched a lot on the emotional relationship yeah. that you have with the brand. So I'm curious if it follows that a brand is intertwined with CX if they have the ability to interact with the customer at these really emotionally resonant moments. Yes. Whereas if you are a brand that does not have that connection at that emotional touch point, then I don't know, the CX is less impactful. That's a great question and challenge. And it's one that, you know, I talked to a company called Pure Insurance and we wrote a case study about them. They're insurance startups, they're about 10 years old, and they're small, but they're growing very quickly. They've got really high NPS, but they said they've struggled. When they have a claim situation with one of their customers, they nail it. Absolutely perfect. Emotional resonance. They have these amazing stories that they're generating out of that. Like, you know, someone had a house fire right before Christmas. Pure got them a place to stay, but also bought them a Christmas tree with all of the ornaments so that they'd have that decorated, have it feel like a real Christmas, even though everything in their house had been ruined. You know, they're going those extra miles. But when they don't have a claim situation, they really struggle for the emotional resonance because the other non-claims parts of owning insurance are nothing. There's nothing there. So they're really focused on to your point, trying to bring emotional resonance, and they're doing this through a lot of emotional intelligence and empathy training with employees, to other elements of the experience. Someone calls up with a mundane question, how do you attach some emotional resonance to it? The onboarding experience, because that's a huge opportunity for them to create more emotional resonance. The renewal experience, obviously, is one where they have to make it feel like, I need this service even though I didn't use it last year. And it's one of those classic insurance industry conundrums where both the customer and the insurer are hoping we have fewer claim situations. Like you buy it to insure you if you have a claim, but you're both hoping your interests are aligned that we don't have these. But then if you don't, we don't get to demonstrate our value and fulfill our brand promise to you as an insurer to you customer. So they're really struggling with that. I think it should be a point of focus and a point of emphasis for more companies is in the moments that are not our most emotionally resonant Are there more opportunities than we think there are to create more emotional resonance? I would argue, yes, there are, and you should look for those. And then second is, how do we do more, and Disney is an expert in this, how do we do more to heighten your memories of the emotional resonant experiences you have? And I think companies need to do more with that. Disney is great about sending follow-up links to all the photos, the reminders of the great memories you had while, you know, on one of the Disney experiences. And I think more brands need to do that. When you had a good experience, you know, it could be even a little thing, like if an airline flight arrived early, right? Uh, Remind them of that, that, hey, you know, thanks for flying with us on the flight. We hope it brightens your day that we arrived early, right? Just a little reminder. And it doesn't have to be like patting yourself on the back, but just so that the customer can attach, oh yeah, I got in 20 minutes early. That was kind of nice. That never happens in the airline industry. Great. That's funny. That's So even if you do something totally mundane in the background, let them know that the fact that it could be mundane and in the background was actually showing how easy it was for them yes. to sort of drive that point home. So then when we're thinking about this and this combination of brand and CX, I want to sort of connect then what companies should be focusing on. We have two terms which are used differently but in, intersect a lot. There's the brand promise, which is defined here as a promise to customers that sets expectations for the experience that they will have with the organization. And then there's the customer experience vision, 
which is an aspirational description of an organization's intended experience for its customers. So one is, as the customer, you will have this experience, and the other one is, as the company, we will strive to achieve this experience, so yeah. sort of end state and creation state. Should then that brand promise be focused on creating emotionally resident experiences? Do we think that the role of emotion needs to be stronger in the brand promise? Because Mm -hmm. sometimes that brand promise, again, thinking back to Amazon, is let's let people get something really quickly at a low cost. Let's make it easy for them. Let's make this operationally simple for them. That's not their stated brand promise, right? Right. But that's what we think about from the experience standpoint. Whereas Disney might be, let's make this memorable and amazing. So should every company strive to have their brand promise be something that is emotionally driven? Yes. 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 Done. Yes. Great. And, you know, take an insurance company, right? I'm calling them out because I can remember it. So good advertising here, Allstate. You're in good hands with Allstate. Mm -hmm. Or, hey, I got another one in my head. They do a lot of advertising, as we know. Insurers are, I think, the biggest spenders in advertising other than like P&G. But Nationwide is on your side. Both of those are suggesting to me that I should trust them. And that is absolutely the right emotionally resonant quality that an insurer should inspire. Mm -hmm. And so then how do you heighten trust in different elements of the experience? How do you show me that you're on my side, that I'm in good hands with you when it is not a claim situation? I bet you can do that very well in claim situations. And if you can't, you'd probably have gone out of business already. But in non-claim situations, how do you show me that? Mm -hmm. How do you bring emotional resonance to the brand. And then the other thing that I thought of when you you were asking that question, because this is sort of the difference between what Amazon is trying to optimize for, which is convenience and ease and efficiency, and what other brands won't be able to do as well as Amazon in that facet, but it's okay. Because if there are moments of the experience that you cannot make easier or make go away or automate, can you make them emotionally resonant? And the example that I'm thinking of here is from Southwest. So freedom to move around the country would be, you know, maybe a very simplified version of their brand promise. But that implies to me low cost. That implies to me lots of flight options. They're sort of known for fast turnarounds at the gates, right? They get you on board quickly. One of the things that maybe slows us down slightly getting on board is having to scan our boarding pass. So now if you're an Amazon mindset, you might be looking at, can we take that out, right? You have a boarding pass, we can sort of you know, use sensor technologies, know everyone in the boarding area has a boarding pass they can get on. Southwest has matched the ding that their boarding pass scanner makes to the ding that is in their advertising. So it's boom, oh, you are now free to move around the country. Mm-hmm. Boom, you are now free to get on the plane. That's a great little, tiny, very small, emotional, I don't know, nuance or grace note mm-hmm. to a part of the experience that isn't great and isn't efficient, but it's let's find a different way to make it notable or better or memorable, connect it to our advertising. That's great. Excellent. I just waited in line yeah. and went through this boarding process, and I'm finally on the plane. Yeah. It's, oh, I'm ready to go. Yeah. There's that day. Bing. And I think enough of their customers will say, Bing, I'm now free to move around the country. Like it's a positive. It makes that a little positive. It elevates it. Let me ask you. I mean, mm-hmm. we've talked about brand and, and how to make a brand promise more emotional. And I just said, yes, I, I would love to hear your mm-hmm. thoughts there too. But what about the advertising? You know, I was alluding to that with the Southwest example, but in the marketing. I mean, how should firms think about the interplay between marketing and customer experience? 
when I was transitioning to this team yeah. that I was interested yeah. in because I, I previously covered uh, emerging technologies as well. Mobile advertising was a key one among them. Yes. And I would often hear from the customer experience side of the house that yeah. advertising is not customer experience and it's just terrible and it can never help right. customers. Right. Um, so part of what I thought a lot about is, you know, this is customer experience. Whether I'm seeing an ad pop up and it's this company and I see the name, but I, then I also think about how annoying it is that it just popped up in this yeah. really irrelevant moment, that's a negative customer experience, right? right? And a negative interaction with the brand. So advertising and every single touch point that you have, whether they're a customer or a prospective customer, does play into this relationship. And that's where we've seen a lot of attention going towards personalization and advertisements that do ladder into the brand North Star. Um, an example yeah. that comes to mind that doesn't necessarily ladder up into the brand North Star, but shows how you can still provide value and help the customer make a decision is an example of a Samsung phone advertisement okay. where they actually knew by integrating with Facebook data when you had signed into Facebook from a new device for the first time, how old that oh. device might be. They sent you an advertisement when you know it was about two years, so maybe you were looking for a phone upgrade. <laughs> yeah. And they let you click on it to show you a side-by-side -side comparison of your existing phone right, because they could access that data by sending you a mobile ad and their phone so that you could see uh, what the difference was. Yeah. And maybe if you really care about how many pixels are going to be there and how great the image is, right. you could see right in front of you. And so that was an example where, and I don't know what Samsung's North Star is or brand promise or slogan is, but I can imagine that they're trying to help you have the best phone, right? Support right. any mobile need you have or help you, you know, if you want to be a photographer, do that effectively. Right. And so they provided you with the information to make that decision on your own, right? And support that decision process for the customer. But that's different from coming up with marketing where you are just showcasing what your brand logo is. So the other thing I always think about with marketing and advertising, and I think you're right, it's a good reminder that it, it is part of the experience. You know, you're thinking about it almost from the device or, you know, the social platform side, mm -hmm. right? Too many ads and suddenly that's the experience and it's negative. But also I think as an advertiser, you need to think about the context of the customers and try to find a context that they'll actually feel like it's relevant. And maybe a lot of people will be like, oh, go away, Samsung. I, I'm okay with a two-year-old phone. But at least it's sort of at a point at which, you know, I didn't just buy a new Samsung phone. That would kind of be annoying. Or I didn't just buy a new iPhone. So there's no chance of converting me to Samsung right now, right? But the other thing I think about is, can you use your advertising, and I think Southwest does a good job of this, to very subtly but slightly move the customer into a more positive state of anticipation of a future experience with you? create a sense of excitement about the next time they're going to interact with your brand, but not so much excitement that they'll be let down by what the experience is. And I think there's mm -hmm. a delicate balancing act that I'm fascinated to do more research on, you know, how much can you push it as a brand in terms of saying, this is what you can expect from us in our experience, in our marketing and advertising, we're setting those expectations, and have that be heightening anticipation that doesn't overwhelm the experience you can deliver. And I think that's a really important interplay and, and, and sort of balancing act to get right. Don't set expectations you can't meet. But then if you can meet the expectation, make it even more salient, perhaps. So now thinking beyond just yes. advertising through the rest of the experience. Uh, one example is Porsche. 
yep. right, who has brand attributes that include fast and intense. So just these words which explain right. what that Porsche experience is. And so they thought, how can we make those words, those attributes salient throughout the entire experience? Hmm. So if you see an ad, you will get the perception yeah. that the car is going to be fast, that this is an intense experience. <laughs> they also, the CX team, brought together people in this co-creation session, including a valet, a showroom dealer, a brand specialist, and a technician to think about how can we highlight these brand attributes through every single one of these touch points. And so now, for example, they have test drives where they include multiple engine revving demonstrations to make sure that people really hear the engine and can imagine how fast it will go. And so they've thought about what is this brand promise? Let's not just say it in our ad. Let's actually make sure that we showcase it, even if it's subtly, but that every employee and touchpoint across the experience is going to highlight these brand attributes to really drive it home, which is, again, similar to that dinging example that you have when boarding the plane. Let's not just build anticipation in the ad. Let's make sure we reinforce it when you're actually boarding the plane yourself. The point we're also making is that you need to think about all the different ways you can reinforce the brand and and the potential of the experience. And sound can be part of that. A lot of this can be nonverbal, right? It can be a sense that you're providing to people that's more subtle than something you would explicitly state in the advertising. So the sound the engine makes gives a sense of how intense the experience is. And I think there's plenty of examples of how carefully companies are tuning the engine sounds, you know, beyond what's required for it to work, but what it should sound like if Mm -hmm. it's a Porsche or if it's a Harley Davidson. I think it's, I think they even tried to trademark their sound. It's like music orchestration that they do. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, right, exactly. just right. Exactly. So I think that's the other thing to think about is what are the other opportunities besides telling you? what to Mm -hmm. expect, that we have that can make you as a customer more likely to anticipate the things that are best about our experience. And then when those are delivered, appreciate them and remember them. And I think that's another way to think about it is what is Porsche able to do better or differently than other car makers? And it is sort of, you know, the intensity and speed of their products. So focus on that. That is your differentiator more so than the luxury of the cars versus, you know, every other luxury car manufacturer can provide as soft leather or, or, you know, instrument panels or whatever. But Porsche is probably pushing the edge on the speed and intensity. So signal that, as you say, all the way through. I love that example. And then also to tie it back to then that brand and CX intersection, it's like your brand promise needs to showcase first, how is this going to deliver a differentiating experience to our customer? Yes. Right? Focusing on emotion, are we providing customer support? And then also, what does our brand stand for? So traditional brand attributes. And then you transition that into your customer experience to say, okay, are we delivering on our brand promise at all of these touch points? Yep. Are we also highlighting those differentiating brand attributes at yep. all of the touch points to the highest degree that we can? Yeah. So does brand still matter? Yes, right? Because it helps to define what those are going to be. But then how that segues into the CX execution becomes really critical. Mm -hmm. That's a great example. It's a really important point. And that kind of thinking would lead you to engineer a sound at the boarding pass scanner. Right. That kind of thinking would lead you to talk to the technicians in the service bay or, you know, the salespeople in the test drive to say, look, you know, it's a really fast, high performing car. They're going to want to drive it fast, but it's not theirs yet. They're going to be worried about it, but we still need to make that engine sound. So they hear the intensity Mm -hmm. here. We need to find a way to do that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a great point. If you know, you should know what your brand promise is and the attributes of the brand, and then think about the ways to bring those into 
different elements of the experience, even in those small, subtle ways like an engine sound or a airport uh, boarding pass scanner. Well, listeners, you can tell that Jenny and I are sort of just starting to really explore this topic in a little more detail. We'd love if you have examples that are really memorable for you, I'm very on topic, of brand and CX or branded elements of the experience or advertising or marketing that made you anticipate a certain element of the experience that the company either delivered on or didn't, we would love to hear about them. So we'll post an email address for CXCast in the show notes, and, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you all for listening this week, and we'll talk to you on next week's CXCast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of CXCast. And remember, your customer's perception is your customer experience reality. Mm-hmm.